Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. How's your new show going? Good? Very well, thank I you. I heard good. Thank you. Yes, indeed. So nice of the present to us. Yes, indeed. Uh, he keeps aware of our show here. And we like to get nostalgic about really history-making shows. Whenever you heard that theme tune, even when I was in the U.K., it just made you smile for 11 years every week. And, man, am I excited. I'm getting a little giddy, a little fanboyish, because one of the stars of one of the longest-running, most successful shows in American history is here in studio. John Dejeratzenberger, welcome to America First. Hot one. Not doing your custom sipper. So I didn't know until you mentioned it the day before yesterday. You asked me about my Hungarian connection, my parents, and then I look up something called Wikipedia, and your middle name is Hungarian, John. Right, yeah, my father that was my father's name. Deju. Deju. Yeah, yeah. So and you said after nineteen fifty six, which is when my parents escaped. Right. That you knew a lot of refugees, or you no, were involved I, with them. I'm or, not there, and he's he's not. But uh, our family took in refugees. Took in, right? So now you remember Tibor and Charlie, two two fellows that came, not speaking any English, and then as the years went by, you know, they learned how to be a baker and this and that, and now they own a chain of uh, bake shops across the country. Good Hungarian, Hungarian pastries. Hungarian pastries, yeah, oh apricot, my. apricot. Ooh. <laughs> All right, stop it. I'm going to get hungry. All right, well, we're so excited to have you in studio. Thank you to the Sorbos, uh, to Sam and Kevin Sorbo, who connected us, told us that we have this target op- opportunity in the swamp. I've got a long list of questions I want to talk about. I counted how many films this man has been in. And it's mind-blowing. And that's without mentioning the television, all the other activities he does today. So first things first, Mr. Rassenberger, what, yeah. what brings you to the swamp? Well, I, uh, I, I got booked to do a, a, a speech last night um, to a building trades sort of convention meeting because I, I've been talking about that now. I was a carpenter before I became an actor. and uh, so you, I, you and uh, Harrison Ford? Allegedly. No, I was a, I was a, uh, a two-by-four carpenter. I was a house framer. Uh-huh. Harrison apparently did fine carpenter. Furniture. He made furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all fancy stuff. Well, you really have to know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I did that for a few years. But on my show, Made in America, where I traveled around the country, seeing how things are made and celebrating the people making them, I realized there were no young people. And so I just got a little bit more into it. This is tw- like 20 years ago. Right. And re- realized at the end of the line that they had canceled shop classes, what we called shop classes, uh, like 30 years ago. So basically they're taking any chance of these kids, giving them a skill right. that they can then go sell after school. Right. After they get out of school. And then the expectation that everybody should go to college right. and end up with a degree that's practically useless. 
right. and they're making coffees at Starbucks. Exactly. So this is fascinating for me. Uh, let's talk about first your journey. If you're starting off as a carpenter, uh, how did you get into being an actor? Boy, uh, <laughs> well, I let's see. I was doing carpentry and was up in northern Vermont and building houses and whatnot. And I got a postcard from a buddy of mine, Ray Hassett, and uh, we were in college together. We studied English and, and uh, this and that. But he was living in London. He said, come visit, Baba. And I thought, well, yeah, okay, I'll go. So I went to visit for a couple of weeks. I ended up staying 10 years. I saw that on your <clears> resume. <throat> yeah, where, where did you live in England? Well, uh, first place was uh, Kennington. And then I went uh, to Lewisham. And then uh, Ladbroke Grove, Battersea, and finally ended up uh, you know, Primrose Hill in a squat. <clears throat> and, uh, and then Queensway, just off of Queensway. So 10 years I was there. And is that where the acting started? That's correct. Ray and I started our own uh, comedy duo that we toured through Europe. We called ourselves Sal's Meat Market. <laughs> and uh, we did really well. We were the... the we were celebrated on the fringe, the comedy fringe. And uh, so that's what we did. And that's from there. It's a couple of films we wrote for the BBC and Gordana Television. Really? Oh, yeah. Comedy of shows or? Comedy, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so as somebody who was born and bred in the UK, <laughs> how did you find your 10 years in, in England? What, what, what kind of an experience? Did you like it? I actually miss it. You miss it? I miss but it. Not, but not the food. Huh? Not the food. No, I, I didn't mind the food. I mean, there's enough chip shops to keep... Fish it and chips. Right. Yeah. Fish yeah, and yeah. chips. Right. And saveloys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sausage and batter. So, did you get a tasting for Indian food while you were over there? That's the first question I asked when I got here. I said, where's the nearest Indian restaurant? It's not easy in America. No. I, I can tell you where to find one near here. A good one. A good one. Here in D.C.? About 15 minutes away from the studio. We might have to take you out for dinner. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> now, the interesting thing, though, coming across, like I mentioned before we went on the air, I drove here right. from California. You're a crazy man. There's a lot of Indian restaurants and truck stops. But are they good ones? Not really. Because they're never spicy enough in America. They yeah. kind of dumb it down. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But because oh, there's a lot of truck drivers from India because there's so many vacancies for truck drivers. And it's being filled by people from India. Ergo, you've got all these Indian restaurants. So let, let's go to your new mission. I think this is one of the most important things that anyone can do. A, a nation has to have millions of people who can make stuff with their hands, who well, can build, who can weld, who can, you know, so we're not beholden to others. Look at everything around us. Tell us about what you're seeing. Is there a way out of this? How do we turn it around? Let's talk about the big stuff first. Yeah, it's been going on for a lot of years. Like I said, about 30 years ago, they canceled all the shop classes. And that taught us kids as snaggly-toothed knuckleheads. You know, we, we said we had a chance at something else. You know, here's how to saw wood. Here's how to weld metal. And a lot of kids got fascinated. A lot of, not a lot, say about five kids that I know I grew up with just went into that route. They're all millionaires. Of course, yeah. They just can't work enough. There's so much work out there. So carpentry, so that's what I advise young people. They say, I want to be an actor. I say, first, 
get a skill. Get a skill that you own that, that, that's yours. Yeah. And that way you can go anywhere in the world and get a job within five minutes. And you're not hostage to auditions, producers, the caprice of well, yeah, or style. even But even if you're working in an office building, right. uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the same thing. You're, you know, they fire you or the company goes under, all right, I'll get another job. What do you think caused this lack of respect for the trades? Where did it begin? You, you know, I, it just lately I've been coming to think it might have been done on purpose. The, the, you know, looking far ahead and saying, let's see, how can we bring America to its knees? Make us reliant upon others. Reliant upon others and not have enough people to fix things. Yeah. Like airplane engines. There's not enough mechanics for airplanes now. Uh, welders. I mean, even the railroads. I, I suspect that a lot of those crashes have to do with the fact that there's not enough people to inspect the tracks now yeah. or to repair the tracks. Uh, a lot of holes in roads, it's because of the water systems or le- spring and leaks. Water systems are 100 years old in most cities, right. older cities in America. And so if you really want to bring a country to its knees, make them stupid. Take away their skills and make marijuana legal. Yeah. You know, So we have a lot of lazy, stupid people with no skills. And I thought, well, I, you know, call me crazy, but that might have been done on purpose. It's much easier to control a nation of lazy, stupid people, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like the, the, uh, the big uh, countries used to do for, in their colonies, like uh, the opium dens in China, mm-hmm. all that. Just keep them lazy, keep them stupid, yeah. and, and keep them out of the way. And I, it seems like they're doing the same thing to us. I mean, when my father went to public school, public school, because everybody goes. He quoted Shakespeare, you know, Rudyard Kipling, and, and he knew the capitals of every state and every country. And he had just a public education. Now, we, what happened? Why, why? We have to talk about how we're going to turn it around. This man, I think, has a plan if he's being asked to give speeches about it in the nation's capital. We are honored to have him in studio. The website is ratzenberger.com. Uh, esteemed actor, you won't believe, I counted it, how many movies he's made, and then let alone the TV shows. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, coming to you from the ReliefActor.com studios. If you enjoy the deep dive, the long-form interviews with gentlemen like Mr. Ratzenberger, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcast is plug in my name sebastian gorka america first leave us a five-star review share the links with your friends and if you stand against political persecution and you want to drain the swamp stand with my former boss president trump we've turned his booking photograph his mugshot into a yard sign a t-shirt a mug get yours today at sebgorkastore.com that's s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a store.com and please support him directly at DonaldJTrump.com. That's DonaldJTrump.com. America is at a tipping point. Sebastian Gorka here to tell you about a new movie you have to see. Dinesh D'Souza's Police State exposes the government's relentless persecution of the conservative MAGA movement. The America we know and love is becoming more and more like a police state every day. The FBI has turned its eyes away from the real dangers in the world to target what they call domestic terrorists with a totalitarian agenda that's treating conservative Americans like criminals. They're targeting their political opponents using 
using mass surveillance and censorship, indoctrinating our children and threatening families with military-style raids on our homes, threatening people like you and me who speak our minds and stand up for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, our God-given American liberties. Directed by Dinesh D'Souza, Debbie D'Souza and Bruce Shuley. Police state sounds the alarm. If you demand your freedom, they're coming after you. How did we get here? And how do we turn the tide of this tyrannical government's agenda? You have to see this movie, Police State. Buy it or stream it now at policestatefilm.net. That's policestatefilm.net. What do you say to drive you home? Come on. Oh, no, man, that's great of you. You're a real friend, you know that? You're just a pal when you need one. Yeah. You're a if I ever have kids, I'm going to name them after you now. <laughs> Even if they're girls. <laughs> Please, I'm just going to give you a ride home. Yeah, but I'm going to throw up in your car. <laughs> Uh, I grew up on Laurel and Hardy. My dad loved showing me the reruns. I think that's the new Laurel and Hardy there. Um, the, the, the part of that that we have here in the studio is, of course, letter carrier, Cliff Clavin. We've been talking about big, serious stuff. We'll get back to that in a moment. But if we could just indulge uh, uh, having some fun. 11 years. Yeah. Did you have any idea at the beginning how much joy you would be giving to millions? Yeah. And for how long? No, no, not at all. I, the very first year, I wasn't a regular. I just, uh, and there, there was no such character as, as Cliff. Cliff. So I walked in and sort of invented the character during the audition. Uh, I didn't think about that before I went in, but while I was there, I said, I'm a horrible auditioner. I don't understand it. Like, why? Why, did you, get, did you get nervous or what? No, I just, I, I did, never had any formal training, first of all. So I don't know how to audition and look, am I the right height, the right weight? You know, <laughs> do I stutter? Look, if I'm right, just give me the job. We'll tell you. So I, I, I was walking out with my tail between my legs, and I just turned around. I said, do you have a bar know-it-all? And I think it was Glenn Charles said, what are you talking about? So then I grabbed a pen off his desk. I think it was a, it was a big pen, and I started explaining the history of the big company. <laughs> You know, of two brothers, and, but it's actually a true story. Hungarian, yeah, Beach Biro, yeah. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So somebody suggested, "How about Bick?" And uh, there I go. You know, there's Bick. Yeah. So uh, they, I just really wanted them to laugh enough that I could. So you make. actually like created the character in the audition? Yeah. Of the know-it-all. Yeah. Wow. Because I said you have a bar know-it-all, and they said, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "You know, every bar you go to, wherever in, in where I live." There's some horses, of horses behind it pretends to know everything. And uh, so that's the character I went with, yeah. And what was it like behind the scenes with, with Norm, with George Wendt? What was your relationship? I'm just curious because you were like inseparable buddies. Oh, just fine, fine. As a matter of fact, I just talked to him the other day. Uh, it, was, it was his birthday. But uh, no, it was uh, Tweedledee, Tweedledum. It's uh, just very, very seamless. But again, we were sitting at a bar cracking jokes. That was our job. Think of that. We all get in the paper under want ads. <laughs> Guy to sit at a bar crack jokes for 11 years pays well. It's like uh, before I started this job, I'd just been hired, and I sat down in a cigar bar with Dennis Prager, who's a great mentor to me, and he knew I'd been hired, and he said, Sebastian, do you know what we do for a living as radio hosts? I said, no, I haven't even started. What do we do, Dennis? And he said, 
we get to tell people what we think and we get paid for it. So it's pretty similar, right? Pretty yeah. similar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why do you think it worked? Because it's not complicated. It's a bar. Right. It's, you know, a barman. He's got his love life. He's got his trouble with Shelley, his <coughs> trouble with uh, Kirsty. Why was it? It seemed to just touch a nerve. Like, like MASH. I think it just resonated. What, what do you think was the special well, source? Well, interestingly enough, uh, most people in Hollywood at the beginning counseled me and said, look, the American public are never going to go for a show set in a bar. <laughs> oh, okay, it's a job. Because I was still living in London at the time. Oh, really? I was there in Los Angeles to write a late-night comedy uh, for CBS. And I, I did, it was based on the life of the Emperor Nero. Which is very pretty funny, because he was a nutcase anyway. Yeah, right. He's just gone. He's, he's way out there. But anyway, so after that was over, I was packing, you know, to go back to London, and this guy I know who knows a guy who knows a guy said, "Hey, there's you're New Englander, right?" Yeah. Anyway, they got me in there, and boom, there you go. Fascinating. I want to know what happened to the Nero sitcom Nothing. idea. Nothing. Is that somewhere? It's can we it. can we maybe make that happen? It's still on the shelf. Yeah, it's it's got some dust on it. What do you think would be most surprising? We've got three and a half million listeners across the nation. Uh, behind the scenes, though, what what was it hard? Was it work? Uh, what was it work. like? The relations between <laughs> the people there. What was a working day like? Describe okay. what a working day was like on Cheers. All right, so you're supposed to be there at ten o'clock. By the time everybody wanders in, it's twenty to eleven. <laughs> okay. And then he said, this is after we've been on the air for a few years. Yeah. And then you know, the newspapers come out and read the newspapers and, that you know, they start rehearsing. I remember George and I would be sitting there reading the paper and and the uh, script gal say, uh, uh, John? I said, oh, it's your turn. So what do I say? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> And I think that was one of the good things about it. You got it. the script on the day? No, no. This, we already had it a week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, well, that was one of the beauties of it because you don't want to, and as a director, I go by this too, especially for a TV comedy, you don't want to beat it to death. If you're doing the same joke and putting the same energy into the joke day after day after day, by the time you get to filming it on a Friday, Something's lost, so just said, you know, bah, 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 bah. you want to be fresh, yeah, yeah. Just don't take it all that seriously until the cameras are there. And uh, how many takes on Cheers? Once you were in for a while, you was it pretty smooth? Oh yeah, oh absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was like uh, the, the uh, Blue Angels. Just it was, it was wonderful. And what was in your glass? Was it like Martinelli's apple cider? What, yeah. what, what was it? Yeah, it was that kind of stuff. Oh, it was? It was fruit, you know, fizzy fruit juice? Yeah, apple cider or a thing called the near beer. Near beer. Yeah. So like non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Every now and then, uh, George and I had asked the prop guy to... <laughs> Mix it up? No, no, put a Heineken in there. Especially if we're going really late at night. So how long would the day be? You started about quarter to 11? What time? Did yeah, you yeah. And uh, a break for lunch and... Oh, on shoot days. Yeah, that's different. Uh, yeah, then the camera's rolling. The day before the shoot day, we'd have camera blocking. Right. That's so the, really, the movements of the, the movement actors, the camera, cameras. Camera A over here. Over the, you know, Desi Arnaz invented that uh, system. 
Yeah. By the way, yeah. Before that, before Desi Arnaz, it, it was just a tripod with a camera. So it's static. Yeah, the, the, the camera could swivel. Yeah, it would just go forty-five angles, right. forty-five, you know, straight on. But he said, "Well, let's put those on dollies. Put the tripod." Wow. Down. Now they can go like this. It was beautiful. Was that for I Love Lucy, or what did they start that on? Yeah. Wow, the stuff you learn. We're not just having fun. We're one of the greats. We're learning stuff as well. We have in studio none other than John Ratzenberger. The website is ratzenberger.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, coming to you from the Relief Factor Studios just outside the insalubrious, fetid, rank, malodorous romp that is Washington, T.C. If you want to keep up on the breaking news, make sure you are following us on all the usual social media platforms. We are everywhere that matters. Just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorker on True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, Telegram. You can watch us on your Roku or your Fire Stick device or just get the Salem News Channel app. And don't forget, my Substack, new articles going up there every week, every couple of days, in fact, given the geopolitical situation. Just go to sebastiangorka.substack.com. That's sebastiangorka.substack.com. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. If you enjoy what we provide for you here on America First, please support those who make it possible. Great patriots like Mike Lindell. He is celebrating 20 years of my pillow, the pillow that never gets hot and never loses shape. He sold 81 million of them. They're that good. He's got a special deal on the queen size right now. But did you know that he's got more than 150 other items on his website? And they're made here in America by Americans. Don't buy that Chinese garbage on Amazon. Go to MyPillow.com, use my promo code for up to 66% off, or call them up. Call them right now and use my code. The number is 800-829-8468. That's 800-829-8468, MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. All right, I'm not going to get bogged down on one topic, although cheers is legendary. I've been looking at this man's resume, and... (laughs) I know it's Wikipedia, and you know usually there's uh, issues with that. But I, I've double checked this. Uh, he's done more than seventy movies, more than seven zero movies, and f- multiples of that when it comes to television. Can I just tell you what John Ratzenberger has been in? A Bridge Too Far. I mean, amazing. Superman, Superman Two, one of my favorites. Sean Connery's Outland. Then The Incredibles, a voice actor, I think probably doing more voice work than anybody else, Toy Story, Cars, on and on and on. Um, And of course, my favorite, probably one of the greatest movies ever made. Yes, I'm a sci-fi geek. Do you recognize this man from a very cold location? It's called the Ice Planet Hoth. Let's go to the larger 
Yes, indeed, it is. Rebel, soldier, commander, John Ratzenberger. Yeah. Can I just geek out for a second? Um, how, how much fun was that? Major, was that? Major Durling is the character's name. Major Durling, the guy who says they've got to they close down the doors. Luke's trapped outside right. somewhere. Princess Leia's worried. Han's going to go out and rescue him. How much fun was it making that in the UK? Well, the nice thing, I, I, I'm always fascinated with how things are built and, you know, the, phys- the physicality of it. But the sets were just amazing. You walked in there, you were on another planet. Because right, they had the Millennium Falcon full size. Yeah. Yeah, like that model on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> right, but, but I mean, slightly bigger. <laughs> yeah. But you're there, you how did they do this? Was that a cool gig? Yeah, it was. It, 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 it all is. Whatever gig you're doing, especially as an actor or a, a, a director or even a set carpenter, if you're working in that business. You're having fun. It really is fun, yeah. I, I think it's hugely underrated. I love Outland. Sean oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My head exploded in that <laughs> right in the beginning. So give, it, give us the highlights. Give us some of the things that, for you in this storied career, what are one of the most fun things to work on? Is it the vo- What's the voice work like? Isn't that hard to be, like, in a recording box no. and to get into the That's mood? That's you doing what you're doing. Yeah, but I'm not pretending to be a car. I'm not pretending to be a pig, you know, a star. But you don't, you don't call yourself an actor, right? No. Well, there you go. Lord forbid. No, if you because <laughs> a lot of a lot of, a lot of young people say, "Well, what, uh, uh, what what do I need to do to become a, a, a voice actor?" And I always say, "There's no such thing as a voice actor. You're either an actor or you're not." Mm-hmm. Because old school thinking, if you're an actor, you should know how to sing, dance, TV, radio, do uh, it all. You know, voiceover, because you're acting. You're acting as the character in your head. And you have to have that action come out your voice. And that's just part of the deal. That's, that's being an actor. That's all it is. Let me drill you on this one. Hey. Most proud of? What, what, what project are you most proud of when it comes to your acting career? And you, you think to yourself, wow, I was part of that. You know, I have to go back to way before any kind of uh, notoriety. It was Sal's Meat Market. Oh, really? Back in the U.K., the, the comedy duo? Ray and I did things that it's, you can't even explain it, but we, we did things that haven't been done before or since. And just the two of us for an hour and a half on stage, where just before we got on stage, we didn't know what we were going to do. But we held big audiences for an hour and a half. I mean, laughing so hard, one lady fell off. They had to call an ambulance for her. <laughs> that uh, must have been good. That must be funny. There were some characters we came up with and situations and sketches that, uh, yeah, I'm enormously proud of those because we were touring Europe with it. We were doing shows in Holland. The audiences didn't speak English. Wow. And and we just got a lot of praise, and it was uh, exhausting. Right. Worked really hard at it, but that's, I think, what I'm most proud of. On this MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You will receive a 
queen size my pillow for just 19.98 regular price 69.98 and just $10 more for a king size you will receive deep discounts on all my pillow products such as bed sheets mattress toppers pet beds mattresses my slippers and so much more this is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on go to mypillow.com click on the radio podcast square and use promo code gorka to receive this amazing offer on the queen size my pillow for 19.98 or call 800 829 This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. If uh, you understand, dear friends, uh, we have another 13 months of this insanity. It's going to get worse before it gets better. We have to be fighting fit at the top of our game. What does that mean? You can't be carrying around a few extra pounds. I did for 20 years until I met Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team at my PhD weight loss. With her assistance, I lost 42 pounds. My wife, Katie, my muse, lost 36. She's ecstatic. And look, I could carry it. I'm six foot three. I could get away with it, but it wasn't right. It wasn't healthy. If you've given up being fit and trim, don't. Call her amazing team on 864-644-1900 or just go to myphdweightloss.com. Seriously, if I can do it, Anyone can. You know, I've got a wicked sweet tooth. I love my fried chip, my fried food, my fish and chips. If I can do it, anyone can. That before and after picture should tell you enough. Call 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. Um, let's get back to the reason why you're here in D.C. Um, where is America at? Are you an optimist are you a pessimist you you're one of the few people you know courageous people in hollywood who takes a political stance you've endorsed republican appointees you've been supportive of my former boss president trump um are you long or short on america right now uh i I guess short with what i experienced with younger people that are the future See, I worked uh, for uh, President Trump in the White House. In the, uh, there was a committee that uh, he appointed me to, which was to expand apprenticeships nationwide. And that's basically to offer to young people who don't want to go to college, the, the whole thing, give them a skill. Here, here's tools, and now you're a plumber, an electrician, a bricklayer. you go work for life. Everywhere. Yeah. It's, you won't stop. Right. It just won't stop. And so uh, we did that. And, yeah, I've, uh, for uh, oh, close to 30 years now, I've been going around the country giving speeches, certainly the last 20 years. Was it a hard decision for you to publicly have a political stance what, what, to make that decision? I'm going to come out, I'm going to endorse people, I'm going to I, take I, a know, White House uh, commission. What was that? No, like? the White House commission, I, that was because that had always been my agenda, whether it was Republican or Democrat, it didn't make any difference to me. It says, yeah, we want to get young people learning skills, the trades, put, re, replace the, the, the shop classes we had in middle school and high school. And that would end it. I mean, that would that would take care of everything. It'd take you know a few years, but still, that would be the cure for it all. But uh, but doesn't it also depend upon the parents? 
that the parents have to be kind of vested in this idea that you don't have to spend four years to get a useless piece of paper. Yeah. Learn a skill. Learn a skill. Yeah, that's been the big obstacle, frankly, is uh, one lady I was doing a radio show, she called and said her, her son's embarrassing her because he wants to be a stonemason like his father. I said, well, what's wrong with that? That's a beautiful skill. You bet. And she said, well, all the neighbor's kids are going to college, and, and he's the only one not going to college, but he's really smart. I said, yeah, you've got to be really smart to build a stone wall or you know, to build a brick building. That was Winston Churchill's hobby, by the way. I, didn't, I know he's a painter. I didn't know he did masonry as well. Yeah, laying bricks. Yeah, he wow. loved to lay bricks. But um, it, it used to happen naturally because we came from an agrarian society. So farmers know how to do everything. Right. You fix this, you feed the horse, you take care of that. So there's a lot of skills with one person. Well, the more we got into a citified you know, society, those skills weren't necessary. So little by little... I mean, when I grew up on Saturdays, all the garage doors were open on the street. My endearing memory of my late father was Saturday morning tinkering on his car with him, cleaning the spark plugs, checking the points. That was Saturday morning with me and my dad. Uh, you do that on your Mustang? On my 66 Mustang, oh, yeah. Yeah. So on a new one, you can't do it. But you know how to do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because of your dad did it. Right. Same thing. It was actually my grandfather was a carpenter. My father's a truck driver. So is that why, you, because of your granddad, is that why you took up carpentry? I got consciously. I just said, oh, yeah, you know, he's doing it. I, you know, funnily, I'm, I'm so prejudiced that I, I'm very suspect of men who do not have a workbench in their garage. You know? Or a good tool set. If you don't have a toolbox that looks like you actually use the tools, right. it's my wife's bane. I've got this big old battered red toolbox, and it's full of crap, and I use it. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. you're, you're a Renaissance personality. Old school, old school. Old school, right, yeah. I mean, I'll go into somebody's house, somebody I've never met, and I'll just say, do you have a vice <laughs> like on your workbench? And they look at you funny, right? Yeah, what do you mean? Why, why would I have I call somebody? You mean like gambling? Like women? That kind of vice? <laughs> <laughs> right, but uh, yeah, but uh, as a matter of fact, my daughter was about to get married. I went to meet his parents at their house. First thing I did is I walked in the garage. Did you find a vice? Did you he find had a, a workbench and a vice. Good man. Yeah, I said, good okay, man. this is a good family. Um, what would you say right now to that 18-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, who doesn't want to go to college but doesn't know where to go, what would you give them in terms of trade? What would you say to a young man? Join the Navy. Join the Navy? Yeah. Or the Army. Marines? Oh, absolutely. That's what I was going to be. But, the, yeah, Marines. Uh... Learn a trade in the Marines? What's that? Learn a trade in the, in the Marines? Well, the you Navy. have to. They're going to teach you something. Yeah. You know, Marines have trucks. They have helicopters. Yeah. Somebody's got to fix them, mend them. They've got a few vices as well. Yeah. We're talking to John Ratzenberger, having way too much fun. This hour is going to end far too soon. The website is ratzenberger.com. Don't forget, if you enjoy our long-form discussions with luminaries like our guest, please subscribe. Go to the podcast platform of your choice, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Salem, Stitcher, you name it. Just plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka. Uh, leave us a five-star review and do share the links with your friends.
Okay. We've only got a few minutes left. This has been amazing fun. I hope you come back to the swamp sometime and we can continue our discussion. Oh, and, we've got uh, that Indian restaurant. We've got to go to the Indian restaurant as well. That goes without saying. Um, last question. Let's talk about... Let's talk about Hollywood for a second. We've had some great guests on the show. Michael Pack, documentarian, last week. He is creating an uh, uh, apprenticeship for young documentary makers. My fr- friend Andrew Claven, who was a famous scriptwriter, uh, talking about the need for conservatives to make good content. Is Hollywood salvageable, Mr. Ratzenberg? Well, that's- or, or do we have to build another one? I think that the the other one is going to be built on its own. Like, take, for instance, the film that uh, we did with uh, Kevin Sorbo. Yes, 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 yes. uh, Let's put that up on the screen. What's it called? uh, uh, Miracle Um, in East Texas. Miracle in East Texas, yeah. Yeah, so that's the second film I'd done with Kevin. Now, he and his wife, Sam, are living in Florida. And they got the studios there. This is the second film. And it's a real story. A real story that takes place... uh, Two con men back in the Depression. Are you one of the bad guys? I or? am. <laughs> Bilking uh, wealthy widows uh, uh, out of money for non-existing oil wells. Uh, and uh, we filmed it up in Saskatchewan. And it really is a good little film, but it's family-friendly also. And a good story. A good story, family-friendly, and uh, let's see what happens. So if more people come to films like ours, family-friendly... Hollywood eventually they go wait a second. They're making a, a lot of money, and what? Wait, oh, we should be making more of those movies because they're losing money. Oh, the the yeah. woke left wing garbage. What they did to Star Wars, what they did to Marvel. You know, they spend half a billion dollars and they don't even recoup. Right. Oh, I could tell you stories. Oh, I bet. But they'll run me out of town for good. <laughs> Well, we shall continue the next time. Maybe we can get him to tell us some of those stories. The website is ratzenberger.com. You've been listening to America First one-on-one. If you enjoy what we provide for you here, uh, make sure that you're following us on all the social media platforms. We are everywhere that matters. Just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka on True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, Telegram. We are also a televisual treat. You can watch us on your television through your Roku, through your Fire Stick device, and don't forget uh, my unique content written by me and also uh, access directly to me at sebastiangorka.substack.com. That's my whole name is one word, sebastiangorka.substack.com. And if you, uh, if you want to belong on America, if you want to stop political persecution, if you want to see my former boss back in the White House as 47th, God willing, if we do our part, Show the world where you stand. Put this in your yard. It's a yard sign with his booking photograph from Atlanta. I hate the phrase mugshot. We've put it on a T-shirt. We put it on a mug with a very simple message, Trump 2024. Show the world who you are and what your values are. Available at sebgorkastore.com, where you can get all of our America First products, including my books, From Defeating Jihad, the book that propelled me to the White House, to Why We Fight, and most recently and sadly still quite relevant, The War for America's Soul, all at sebgorkastore.com that's s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a store.com wherever you are whatever you're doing keep your head on a swivel watch your six hold the line never give up never give in and stay frosty our fathers 
brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Thank you for this opportunity to testify before you today. Save the children of Gaza! Save the children of Gaza! Please follow now! Where is your pride, America? Against Ukraine. Not in the face of an intensifying strategic competition in the Indo-Pacific and around the world. If the witness will suspend, and I ask that everyone again respect this hearing, we will suspend. Must work hand in hand. Committee will suspend, and again, I, I appreciate that people feel passionately about these issues. Just Anthony Blinken's face is like the, oh my gosh, the pathetic little kid in high school. That was earlier today in Congress of all places where the man who allegedly is the chief diplomat of the most powerful nation in the world, Anthony, I love my guitar, Blinken, was supposed to be testifying. And instead, there were people holding up fake bloodied hands, people screaming about the children of Palestine. What was what was the commonality, Eric? Can you give me the one commonality of all the loonies who are shouting for the Arabs of the Middle East? They were all a bunch of old white protesters who honestly looked like they should be enjoying retirement right about now. Yeah, bingo. Sad sacks. You've got nothing better to do than scream at this squeaky voice pitched at the top of their voices. Just an utter, complete embarrassment. Welcome, dear friends. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. And my, oh, my, do we have a special guest for you in the third hour today. I'm not even going to reveal it yet. If you follow me on uh, Twitter and Facebook, you all know. But we'll give it away with a bit of special music uh, in a moment. But first things first, why are you surprised that this is... Okay, let's talk about the left for a second. Um, Alex, are you there? Alex. I'm here. Okay. Um, Would you say you're a conservative or a liberal? Are you left-wing or right-wing? Definitely right-wing. Okay. You're you're a good guy. If, um, say there's a country you know nothing about, let's pick one. Um, Do you know a lot about the Maldives, Alex? I do not. Okay. If you were told... Uh, that as a conservative, you must support what the Maldives is doing 
or you must hate what the Maldives is doing, would you automatically do those things? No, I'd do my own research. Yeah, because you're normal. You've got a brain. You'd actually check it out, right? You don't take orders from your party, correct? Correct. Thank you. You just helped me illustrate a point. Look at the left today, ladies and gentlemen. Look at their attitude to two wars. The war in Europe and the new war in the Middle East. Oh, by the way, isn't it strange, Eric, that we didn't have to talk about wars for four years under President Trump? Isn't that weird? It was, it was a breath of fresh air for my generation, especially. First president in 40 years to not get us in a new war. We, we didn't have to talk about war. And now we're, we're talking about multiple wars in different parts of the world insane okay so let's look at the multiple wars in just the last two and a half years the left when it comes to ukraine they're just like what i mean look don't confuse this with my attitude i I think you know ukraine should be supported by us to fight there for their freedom okay fine i but i made that argument (laughs) almost every day on this show but the left you've got to have your ukraine flag on your front lawn You've got to have your Slava Ukraine. You, you know, you've got to have your social media uh, posts about this and that that supports Ukraine without any thought because you're just told to. But when it comes to Israel, it's the opposite. What? Why is that? That's, that's so strange. Is it because they simply do what they're told to do and unlike Alex they don't do any of their due diligence they don't check out for themselves I think that's a large part of it or is it also because they're racists or more specifically they're anti-semites here's a good example this is Joy Reid who um, really doesn't like the Bible And she clearly isn't just a homophobe. Look up homophobe, joy read, and blog, and you'll find out how much she hates the gays. She's clearly also an anti-Semite. Joy read, cut eight. Netanyahu gave a war speech over the weekend that can only be described as a religious call to arms, citing a biblical reference when saying, quote, you must remember What Amalek has done to you, says our holy Bible, unquote. Now, for those not familiar with the biblical term Amalek, here is the relevant quotation from 1 Samuel 15, 3. Now go, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Which does not sound like self-defense. Frankly, it sounds a lot more like a call for genocide. Oh, so the Jews are the genocidal maniacs. So strange that the people who suffered a loss of six million of their co-religionists in the space of just six years, they're the ones who are the occupiers, the oppressors, the genocidal maniacs. It's so strange, isn't it? Because if they were, I'd like to know, why do they only have a sliver sliver of land in the Middle East with only 9 million people on that territory? And if they're such racists, 
How is it, for example, that, hmm, there's a Muslim Israeli on the Supreme Court of that nation? If they really are about wiping out the donkeys as well as the women and children, you'd expect them probably not to have an Arab, not to have a Muslim on the highest court of the land. As I wrote just yesterday for the amazing organization AMAC, we are all Jews today. Why? Because what do the jihadis say? They say, first we come for and kill the Saturday people, the people who celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday. And then we come for the Sunday people. That's you. That's the Christians. This is a civilizational war, and Bibi Netanyahu is right. Everyone responsible for what occurred to that nation on October the 7th must be smited, must be destroyed. Because there is no negotiating with evil. The left would have you believe that, you know, people just do bad things for specific reasons of poverty, lack of education, but not because they're bad. People aren't bad. Everybody's good. Everybody's malleable. Just like the Soviets believed in Homo Sovieticus, everyone can be engineered into perfection. No. From Cain all the way through to Hamas, there are those who give in to the evil and thus become evil, and they must be eradicated from the earth. I'm Sebastian Gorka. If you enjoy our long-form discussions, the deep dive with the real newsmakers, the true experts. Make sure you are subscribed, whichever platform you prefer for your podcast. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends because that's how we get the truth out there. And if you've had it with the political persecution here in America of President Trump, and if you'd like him, God willing, if we do our part, back in the White House, this should be on your lawn. It's the booking photograph from Atlanta. I hate the phrase mugshot with a simple message. Trump 2024. We put it on t-shirts. We put it on mugs. We can't make them fast enough. Get yours today. It's SebGorkaStore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A Store.com. And do support him directly at DonaldJTrump.com. That's DonaldJTrump.com.